Davis. And welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Dr. TJ, and with me as always is Erin. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we are so used to her. Hi. Um, I, I, we, I'm pretty sure that there are people that listen to just hear, how's Aaron going to say hi today? Right. No, I'm, yeah. I'm sure that they're that, that intrigued by Yeah, me. they actually are. Right. We actually get calls at the <laughs> office um, saying, we love Aaron. Who um, is this person? We, we would like to hear more of, uh, of her story and what she's got going on. So it's actually kind of, it's kind of funny. Um, well, I am excited about our show today. I know you are. And I, I'm excited <laughs> too. This might be, Aaron might talk more this show than she has ever. And then there was crickets. <laughs> <laughs> so, so today's show, we're going to be talking about food and we're going to be talking about what to eat and why there seems to be so much confusion out there. Um, we're going to kind of try to sift through some of this noise right. and talk about like why, why these people say this, why these people on this side of the fence say one thing, why these people on the other side of the fence say this, why these people over here say something completely different, why is it such a why is it such a disaster and why is it so hard for people to get good information about what to eat? Right. And, I think oh go ahead. No, I was gonna say, and one of the biggest things you have to remember when you're out there trying to find information, you're reading stuff on the internet. Anybody can publish anything to the internet that have the, they have absolutely no credentials, no training, no, no no experience treating people. So be really careful when you're out there trying to find information on what to eat. That's uh, where you get a lot of confusion. Well, doctor, I actually somewhat disagree with you on that because my viewpoint on this is that some of the worst information is from the sources that you would think are credible. Well, that's very true. I have true. found the some T- of the touché, best Aaron. information. Touche. <laughs> Touche. Some of the best information is from people who do not have any sort of medical training but have gone through, you know, who have had their own weight loss issues or, you know, um, or have autoimmune conditions or have you know, have had to deal with this and are learning on their own, okay, these things, I mean, a lot of times they'll have better information than if you go to like WebMD or something. I mean- That's a valid point. So it is, I mean, but- See, see, I was thinking about it in in terms of like functional medicine doctors, people like myself that actually know information and can help someone. And I agree with that. But how often do you have time at this point to publish anything about eating? Very little. That's why we're doing a radio show about it. Exactly. We're going to wheel through some stuff here in an hour. We get so, I mean, and yeah, we're going to try to get through this as quickly as possible. This this could be three or four shows. No, we're not going to do that. We can come back with different things, but we're trying to do these, you know, kind of keep them concise at this point. And I really feel like people have so many questions. We talk about food in so many of our radio shows um, that we've done because it is so important, but we still constantly get questions about um, what people should actually be eating or, you know, all of a sudden there'll be something come out, you know, that this is a really popular thing to eat or, you know, I mean, these things are you need to be, um, you know, counting macros or, you know, worrying about getting micronutrients. And I think there's so many things that are out there that we're just let's kind of drill down to what do you actually need to be worried about and what things can you kind of let go? That was good, Aaron. I'm just going to sit back and let you talk about it. Let you <laughs> let you run this show. That was fantastic. Um, yeah, that's. I mean, that's. It's very true. I mean, just let's just use let's just use some examples that we've seen in in my lifetime. Um, we've seen 
cholesterol's good, cholesterol's bad, cholesterol's good, cholesterol's bad, cholesterol's bad, cholesterol's bad. Really, cholesterol's not bad. Well, and I mean, same, to, same thing with eggs. Eggs just, are good. Eggs are bad. Eggs are good. Eggs are bad. Right. No, exactly. And I mean, and the thing is, I mean, an eggs is a great example, actually, because I mean. Why, thank you. Yeah, good one. Well, it goes back and forth. And it's and TJ knows my thing with eggs. I, A lot of people like myself are sensitive to eggs. And so we a lot of times we'll get people who do sensitivity testing and they find out that they are sensitive to eggs and that's what you know they have read you know that eggs are so they're it's the perfect protein if you can consume it right and they're delicious that's my whole thing with eggs is that i'm sensitive to them and it's like the hardest thing for me to stay away from because i would literally eat eggs at every meal um and a lot of people have them every single breakfast and yes they stop eating them because their food sensitivities say hey don't eat eggs right so all kinds of crazy problems go away. Right. So even when eggs are good, which is where the, you know, pendulum is swung at this point that, okay, eggs are good, but not if you're sensitive to them. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there, and there are, I'm sure we can come up with, with other examples in this, but, you know. Well, all saturated fat. I mean, oh, you know, gosh. fats in general. I mean, oh, I grew yeah. up in the low fat trend, you know, the whole craze of low fat, which was awesome when you thought, okay, I can eat cereal and bread and lose weight i mean that's great right i mean but it doesn't work that way yeah the, unfortunately yeah the the low the low fat, fat craze might have been you know we we could have easily just renamed that the high sugar phase right and we wondered why obesity skyrocketed during the low fat phase right. we're going to combat obesity by saying don't eat fat and what happened the obesity skyrocketed mm-hmm. skyrocketed so you know, the, a lot of this stuff too. I I really wish we could get people to understand when when watching TV and watching advertisements and things like that. That stuff is bought and paid for. You know, the there is someone behind that trying to push that information out there, and it's not always the best information. Well, dairy is a great example of that. Dairy is a great example. It's not the greatest for human consumption. Some people can handle it. Some people can't. But modern Dairy production is just really not that great. It's it's just not that good for us. Now there are some types of dairy that we can that we can consume. Um, but I mean, if you think about this from a logical, practical standpoint, what other mammal walking the earth consumes the milk of another mammal after it's been weaned in infancy? There's none. Well, and I get that, but that's not really. I mean, it is an argument. Really? Because what other mammal um, works on computers? I mean, touche, Aaron. <laughs> just, so I mean, we're we're different than. I mean, you can't really compare us, right? There are there are monkeys that work on are computers. Are you going to kick me off the radio show? <laughs> no, no. Actually, I'm just going to uh, find another role for you. <laughs> Oh. No, I mean, it just... Well, I'm, I'm done for this segment. You just go ahead and take over. I We have found that dairy... I mean, we've written... I know there. Um, TJ wrote an article about dairy, I don't know, a few months ago for The Healthy Planet. And it we got a lot of comments about that because people are really passionate about dairy. And they get right. really, really kind of frustrated. Well, cheese is delicious. Right. So is ice cream. And I completely kid, I completely agree. It's delicious. And a but lot it's not of, good for you. And a lot of people come in and say, I have children. I'm not supposed to be giving my children milk 
because they've been told they should be having milk, right? right? I mean, the problem is, see, this stuff is fortified. It doesn't have calcium. It is fortified with calcium. The processing destroyed the nutrients in it, and then they had to put the stuff back in. This stuff just, I mean, it's just, you want to know where you get your calcium? You get your calcium the same place the cow did, from the plant that it ate. Right. And I'm not a proponent of veganism by any means, but I'm not against it either, but it's just, there's better forms of calcium out there. Well, and I know we've talked, I mean, you had brought up before the whole thing with meat. I mean, yeah. bringing up, you know, I mean, that the studies that were showing meat was bad, was not, you know, not exactly the best way of going about performing these studies, right? Yeah. You know, that's that's another thing. So, so speaking of studies, so when, when what's what cracks me up is when we have like news outlets that, I don't know. I was watching, I don't know, one of the world news things, ABC, CBS, NBC. I don't remember which one. One of the one of the world news things, you know, evening news with so-and-so. And I don't know how many times I've seen on there, research shows blah, 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 whatever it is. It doesn't matter. They've picked one research article that was done one time, hasn't been replicated, and they cite the author's conclusion but if you actually go back and read some of these, the author's conclusion was made by making some big assumptions in in data, and they just report on the conclusion. Well, if that's the case, I mean, I could write a paper on, you know, cotton and conclude that, that uh, that meat is bad, and okay, now we're associating, you know, meat is bad for you, and that's what gets reported on. It's just it's completely backwards in how we do this stuff. I mean, we have people like the 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 guy that was in charge of the New England Medical, Medical uh, New England Journal of Medicine coming out and saying, yeah, half of all the information that we that we print is incorrect. Right. I mean, they're just flat out the 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 former uh, Most people publisher don't know that, is is flat out telling you this information is flawed. The data, the the information is just that's wrong. Right. We're collecting poor data. That you know we have interests pushing out information and exactly. and, and doing the doing the testing. I mean, we we don't trust Ford to do their own automotive testing. Why do we trust the you know any association or any group to do testing on their own products? Right. Exactly. But that's what we do. That's what we accept. It's unfortunate. I wish it were different. No, exactly. I don't know how to change it, but I wish it were different. And I mean, I think that the. The key is that, and I've talked about this before, when we're preparing for these radio shows, I mean, we go through and we actually read the research articles and we always end up laughing because we're like, you think we're the only people who are actually reading this? Because this is not yeah. their conclusion. This is not what this says. It's right. not what the data shows. And I mean, and I think both of us are coming from a standpoint of, you know, I mean, like TJ with his PhD, I mean, he's like, okay, I've had to do this before. I mean, this is not the way that you go about, you know, and I mean. It's the exact stuff you get told, do not do, do not do, you can't do this, don't do this, don't do this. But it's being done left and right all day, every day. Right. But then nobody is actually going through and reading it and saying. Uh, there's there's too much of it being published to read. Exactly. I mean, yeah. we're, 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 the, infor, the, the amount of information that's out there is growing at an exponential rate. I mean, the stuff that medical students learn their first year of medical school is out of date by the time they graduate. Yeah. Period. Cut and dried. It's just that's how fast we're growing information. It's not going to be very long, and the stuff that they learn at the beginning of their first year is going to be out of date by the time they get halfway through their second year. It's just the way that way the way that things are going. We got to take a break. Um, when we come back, we're going to talk more about what to eat. You're listening to Wellness 101. 
And welcome back to the show, everyone. If you're just tuning in, um, we are talking about food and confusion and information and how it's just there's it's so difficult to get good info on on what to eat. It's just disastrous out there. And uh, Aaron has been rather feisty in the uh, first segment. We'll see if we can keep the feistiness up in the second segment here. <laughs> she did bring up uh, a, a point that I want to touch on. I kind of let it go the first segment because I didn't know exactly how long it was going to take to talk and I didn't want to have to run into a break. Um, she mentioned um, studies that have been done on meat consumption and when when these studies are done and they show that consuming meat is bad for you. And so uh, the, the difficult part of this is actually getting the data on the participants themselves. And so what happens in these in the some of the initial studies that really started looking into this they were taking people that were they were comparing meat eaters to vegetarians. And in general, vegetarians are people who and they, this fell into this study as well. Vegetarians are people that, you know, they ate healthy foods. They ate healthy fruits and vegetables. They did not smoke. They didn't drink alcohol or they didn't drink much alcohol. They took vitamins. They exercised. I mean, these these things, the, the, the vegetarian group was a generally healthy group of people to start with. And then when they found the meat eater group, they found people who were less likely to exercise or didn't exercise, people who smoked, people who ate lots of meat, people who didn't eat vegetables or fruits really at all. And they compared, they tried to say that these two populations were exactly the same, and they tried to compare their outcomes and say, you know what, this eating meat is bad for your health. Well, it probably wasn't the meat. It was the fact that their lifestyle was awful. You can't compare two different types of lifestyles and say, and say, okay, well, this group ate meat and this group didn't, so they're, they're sick. You could have just as easily said, you know what, this group smoked and this group didn't, so it was smoking that caused the problem. Or this group exercised and this group didn't, so it's exercise that causes the problem. You can't just cherry pick pieces of information and compare that and say that this is the this is written gold this is the word that we're going to go by you can't do that if we're going to do that let's find let's find healthy meat eating individuals who exercise the same amount that, and compare them to quote unquote healthy vegetarians who exercise the same amount people who don't smoke who don't drink alcohol people who fall into all these things i mean we had there there's so many confounding factors in some of these studies that you can't actually make any conclusions at all other than that the researcher is a pitiful researcher for trying to come up with a conclusion in such a haphazard data set. Now who's getting feisty? I've got, yeah, I got, I got a little, I got a little, I got a little feisty. I think she was sitting over there waiting to say that. Oh, well, well, I shall calm back down. I mean, it's, that's just the that's the bogus crap, though, that I read, and it just is so frustrating because we have a whole group of people. I mean, that a, a research article like that will get m- news media attention and gain actual traction. Well, and that's why people are so confused, right? Yeah. I mean, because, yeah, the things that are highly publicized are not necessarily the things that are accurate. I mean, it's— right what certain groups want out there and it that makes it that much more confusing for people to actually figure out what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah. 
I mean, there's and the the thing about it, it's and it's so hard to do research on nutrition. I mean, it's ridiculously hard for people to report accurately what they eat. They have no idea how much food they actually consume. People have no idea how many calories they really truly consume. I remember when I was getting my PhD, I was helping a, a, a fellow student work on their program um, or their their dissertation rather and part of their stuff was was food questionnaires and they they were asking people to report what they ate and the the person handed me one of the sheets and was like what do you think of this information and I looked at it and and I'm like yeah okay so what's the who what's the data information on this person what do we know about this person because you know when you're when you're doing this I mean there was a large sample size so we had to pick you know there there were individuals that got thrown out because they were just outliers you know that either a they didn't really keep track of what they were eating and they were making this stuff up or B they were trying to skew the data somehow because they were being cute I mean this is on this is done on college kids um, but the the data was you know was was really skewed and we're like okay so we threw this data out after the uh after the research came in um and was all finished i came back and i'm like did you ever figure out like who this person was cuz you don't know it's a, it's a blinded study the the guy writing the 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 phd candidate writing the study he had no idea what was who was who would these people were and who the subjects were but after he published everything got everything finished i'm like who was that did you ever go back and figure out like what that person was and he's like no i didn't but he's like it just seemed like it was someone who had either an eating disorder or was just flat out lying about the stuff and I mean, that's that's the stuff that we're dealt with. And sometimes you people just leave that data in and it completely skews the information. And that's not that's not good research either. Right. And I even I even make people when I was teaching and when I got my Ph.D., I one of my assistantships, I taught classes. And one of the classes I taught, I made people keep a food journal. And I literally had a kid turn in his, his paper and all of his stuff said I had one serving of. I don't know. He had macaroni and cheese or something. And he's like, I had a, one serving. A serving of macaroni and cheese is like a quarter of or half a cup. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And who eats a quarter of a cup of mac and cheese? I mean, seriously. Right. <laughs> Especially when the kid is a 300-pound lineman for the football team. I'm like, I actually called him out. I'm like, you said you ate a serving. How much was a serving? He's like, well, the whole box. I'm like, Oh, oh, okay. The whole box. That That's like 12 servings. <laughs> he, he didn't okay. eat like 160 calories. He ate like 1,060 calories. I mean, we're off by a whole fact. Like, and he, he was like, oh, I, I guess I didn't realize that that wasn't a serving. He's like, That's how I eat it, is and box he, at a time. And he was a PhD candidate? No, no, this was just an undergrad student. Oh, oh my God. He, was a, he, was a, he was a football player. Um, you know, but he didn't know. I mean, I just, the, 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 it, it, that's how people report. They have no clue. And they, they say, oh, I ate a piece of chicken. Well, how much did the chicken weigh? How big was the chicken? Oh, I don't know. It was just a piece of chicken. Well, I mean, in nutrition research in general, it's notoriously bad. I mean, for that yeah. reason and the fact that, you know, it's a lot of the research is funded by, you know, either a certain industry or yeah. the government. And government, you know, research, gen we've seen as far as nutrition, it's not that helpful. The studies that they do just aren't very helpful. Right. Um, and the food industry is funding studies, but they're, of course, biased. Right. I mean, you know, they're going to show that their products are healthy. Right. I mean, it always happens that way. Right. And it 
so, I mean, of course they're biased because there are products that we know aren't healthy. Right. And, well, you know, I mean, how many, like, you know, boxes of cereal that say, like, American Heart Association? <laughs> <laughs> Right. Or or you see the commercials for them. This is part of a nutritious. This is part of a nutritious, healthy, balanced breakfast. Right. No, it's not. It's a box of sugar. Right. Yeah. No, you could eat all vegetables and that and it's still, <laughs> it still does. It's still not a nutritious breakfast. It, there is no part of that that goes in a nutrition breakfast. Right. I mean, you know, the, the and what's sad is even even Congress has figured out that this stuff is is corrupt. The the whole system is corrupt uh, in how and how we're doing nutrition and how we're doing nutrition research. I mean, it was they set up this this academy, something National Academy of Sciences. I mean, it's some generic name like that. I don't remember exactly. And it wasn't very long ago. It was just not even a year ago. And they basically these guys all came together as this independent group to kind of oversee what was going on. And they just basically outlined how corrupt the process was. They, the government set up its own thing to say, yeah, all these guidelines, and that's what these guidelines that are set by the nutrition, by the by the food industry, are what the government adopts as as these these programs and systems that set in place, like how we approve food for for people who uh, you know qualify for WIC and have government assistance for food. That's how we determine what's actually covered as a food source, so they can go in and buy. You know, food that's really not healthy, but they can't buy this other stuff actually over here that's actually good for them because the the research behind it is all corrupt and saying, oh no, this product's actually perfectly healthy for you. It's perfectly fine. It's it's just it's insane. It's sad that it's that it's that way. And unfortunately, well, actually, fortunately, I think a lot of America is starting to wake up to that. They're like, look, we don't. We don't buy into that. And we, we see that they're waking up to it because consumers are changing how we have what foods we have available in grocery stores. I mean, it used to, you know, I've said it on here before. If you go to the grocery store and and you ask where something is and the person working there or one of your friends or whoever is telling you where it is, if they actually say the health food aisle is where that is, what the heck is in the rest of the store? It's just it's sad. But what we're seeing is we're seeing way more availability of these types of products. We're seeing way more things that are gluten free, way more things that are organic. These are things that five, 10 years ago were just non-existent because consumers are starting to drive this. Consumers will will force manufacturers and, and food producers to provide healthier choices and healthier options. And that's true to an extent, but I also think this is why it's so important to get um, good information out there because manufacturers are smart. Yeah. And so like, I can't tell you how many extremely unhealthy gluten-free products I see out there. And so while on the one Wait, hand— you mean a box of gluten-free cookies is not healthy? Right. I mean, on the one hand, I'm thrilled that there are more products available because as someone with celiac disease, it's really nice that I have more options than I did at the beginning. But at the same time, um, that just uh, there are so many more options. There are so many more ways for me to eat poorly because before— it was the only people who were making things that were gluten-free. They were going to be healthy. Right. And now that is not true because manufacturers know that you're looking for it. And so they will have, you know, 
they'll take out the gluten and it'll have a ton of other things that you shouldn't be eating, but it's gluten free. And so, yeah, so people don't just, check it. Yep, yeah, that's right. All right, we got to take another break. Um, when we come back, we'll continue on with what to eat. You're listening to Wellness 101. And welcome back to the show, everyone. Today, we're talking about. Um, what to eat and how difficult it is to find good information on what a person should or should not be eating um, and what's healthy. And I mean, this is kind of a this is a subject that really hits close to home, uh, really and truly, because as a functional medicine practitioner, one of the foundations of practice in what we do is making sure that food is part of the medicine. It's part of, of who we are. I mean, what you eat determines how your genes function and they determine how your, your genes express. And if we're eating food that causes our body to be inflamed, uh, we're setting ourselves up for just massive amounts of chronic disease. And, you know, we, we can no longer walk along and bury our head in the sand and say, well, I don't know why I got heart disease or I don't know how I got you know, diabetes. And I don't know how I got this. Must have been my genetics. My mom had it. My dad had it. His grandma had it. His grandpa had that. And so I have it too. And my kid's going to have it as well. It doesn't have to be that way. That's just, that's, that's backwards. And, and we can do this by changing. I mean, the one thing that we do multiple times of a day is consume food. And the choices that we make are literally setting ourselves up for our future of, are we going to be healthier in the future, or are we going to be sicker in the future? And that's where we we really have to pay pay attention to this. I mean, this is this is why we're doing a talk like this is because there's just it's so hard to find information out there. I mean, we just had the article come out not very long ago. I don't remember exactly how long ago it was, but talking about how coconut oil is a saturated fat, so it's unhealthy, so stay away. There's no, there's not research out there saying that that's that this is bad. It got lumped in with saturated fat, and so the since the the philosophy is saturated fat is bad, right. then you shan't you shouldn't eat it. You you got to stay away from it. That's just that's complete garbage. It is. There is not a single study that shows that coconut oil is bad for you. I mean, that's just somebody latching on, making a lot of media attention and, you know, getting it on the cover of a magazine. And, oh, my gosh, that's all it takes. I right. Mean, and then people there were so many people that are like, what are we supposed to do? Um, I mean, Mark Hyman did a video on, you know, on it after it came out. It had a million and something views. Yeah. I mean, it was ridiculous. Um, I mean, because people didn't know what to think about it. Like, right. what do you actually do? I thought this this was healthy. And. I mean, it is. It still is. It's right. healthy. It's yes. a good thing to eat. Um, you know, it's just it's just really it's really frustrating when we when we get into that. And so, I mean, you know, the, the there are a lot of things that go into this. I mean, we're starting to move, I think, slowly but surely, we're we're starting to move in the right direction. I mean, we're we're there are panels that are being put together um in Washington DC. They're they're starting to put you know, groups together to to look at these these things and say, okay, we've got to do something because our country is literally getting sicker. And I mean, they see the writing on the wall. I mean, we have we have this healthcare system that is overburdened. It's overpriced. It's just it's breaking the economy. Europe is is Britain in particular. They are under the gun trying to figure this out because they know that their entire system is is failing because they're their population is as obese as the United States. 
They're at 65% obesity rate in, in the United States. We're at 66%. So they're at the exact same amount that we are, and they have universal health care, and it's going to bankrupt their entire country. And the same thing is going to happen here. If we don't get this under control and have get the right information to people and have people take control of their health and health, their health and and have some responsibility in knowing that you're not just destined to have heart disease. Just because your mom had diabetes doesn't mean you're going to have diabetes. You can eat the right things and become much healthier and stop that vicious cycle. Right. Well, I mean, you say take personal responsibility. Of course, that's a big part of this. But I also think, I mean, what we're talking about today is there's so many people out there who want to take responsibility. They don't know what to do because they keep getting conflicting information. And they keep coming back to us saying, wait, what you said to do this. And now there's this, you know, right. article that says that it's bad. And I mean, it is confusing. It's constantly confusing. That's why we're constantly reading about it because right. it's. And things know, things do change. I mean, right. But the, the stuff that we know now, they may be tweaked a little bit in 10 years. There may be we may figure out, hey, you know what? We actually this is healthy. But if you eat it in this amount, it's even better for you. But I want to really you know, stress that, you know, we've read thousands of papers on nutrition, right? Oh, I mean, gosh. They, TJ's treated thousands of patients working, you know, I mean, and nutrition is a big part of that. Um, you know, we've seen different people doing different diets in real life. Right. And, you know, looking at their biochemistry, hormonal regulation, their metabolism, other health conditions. I mean, so this isn't just theoretical information that we're, you know, talking about here. This is what do we actually see that works and right. what things are, you know, people being told that just simply aren't true. And what's funny is when when people are sitting in our office, they're they're talking about how, well, I've tried this and I've tried that and I've done this and I've done that. And all of it hasn't worked. Some way or another, it wasn't what they were doing wasn't enough to give them the health objectives, the health goals that they were looking for. And so what that tells me is that, you know, this diet or that diet, it's it's flawed. I mean, I, I completely understand the people that develop these diets that they're trying to help the masses. The problem is it doesn't help everyone. And so just by saying, okay, well, I'm going to follow the autoimmune protocol diet or I'm going to follow the, follow the Pritikin diet or I'm going to follow the Ornish diet or the South Beach diet or the Adkins diet or the I'm paleo going to go or keto. Yeah, paleo or, or keto or gluten free. It doesn't matter. You know, the, the key here is, and we, we it's, it's funny. In the office, we pick on we pick on broccoli a lot. Not that broccoli is not delicious, but any of those diets that I just rattled off—I don't know how many I rattled off there, but a bunch of them—all of those diets, it's okay to consume broccoli when you're on that diet. But what if, just what if, your immune system didn't like it when you ate broccoli, and that you could figure out, you could run a test to find out. Is my body supposed to have broccoli? And you find out that you're actually not supposed to have broccoli and you take broccoli out of your diet and your health starts to improve. What if we could tell you so many people are like, well, I don't know what to eat. I don't know what to do. I don't know. 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 That's That happens so much. What if we could tell you exactly what to eat 
based on your body and your immune system, isn't that more important than trying to figure out, is this healthy? Is that healthy? Is something else healthy? Should I have coconut oil? Should I not have coconut oil? What about omega-6 fatty acids? What about omega-3s? What about omega-9s? What about zinc? What about this? What about that? Everybody kind of wants to latch on to one thing and hammer on that. But what if we could tell you your immune system says, don't eat broccoli, don't eat kale, don't eat gluten, don't eat dairy, don't eat eggs. For fact, your immune system says, do not eat those things. And you remove those things from your diet. And you have this other list that tells you exactly what you're supposed to be eating for you and help you become the healthiest you that you can. What if we could do that? Well, guess what? We can. And we do it all the time. And that's how we figure out what is healthy and what you should be eating. Right. Well, and I mean, I would add to that. I mean, I don't see that as the, you know, as the end. What really I see, you know, food sensitivity testing and finding out what you actually need to be eating as those are the rules of the game. You still have to play the game. It's still, you know, you still need to decide what pieces you're going to move, how exactly you're going to do this. But you a lot of people are trying to move the pieces and they don't even know what the rules are. Right. They don't know. I mean, so. If you don't know what you're sensitive to, then what do these diets, none of them make any sense because, I mean, anything that it says is healthy may not be for you. And, I mean, it just, it doesn't make a lot of sense. So you, the very first step, in my opinion, if you're actually, you know, really wanting to make sure that you're healthy or you're really wanting to lose weight, I mean, whatever it happens to be, if you're worried about, you know, anti-aging, I mean, whether it's for health reasons or vanity reasons or a combination of the two, you know, um, the first thing you need to do is to find out what the rules of the game are for you. What are you sensitive to? And okay, now that we know what foods are you can actually eat that are healthy for you, then you can worry about, all right, which of these are actually going to give me the biggest bang for my buck? You know, like what is going to be the best, you know, combination of fats and proteins? And, you know, I mean, at that point you can decide. I mean, I'll tell you, we, a lot of people, you know, the keto diet is huge right now. And there are some huge benefits to the keto diet. We're certainly not opposed to that. I think it's a hard one to stick to. But there are, I mean, scientific reasons why it is beneficial for people. But I will say that it's something I've never been able to do because most of the things that people are having to focus on with a keto diet, I am sensitive to. Right. It just so as hard as it is for the average person, it would be extremely difficult for me to follow because I can't rely on a lot of the foods that, you know, I mean, that people rely on. Well, then that has to be taken into consideration. Right. Because, I mean. We're not dealing in theory here. We actually have to live this out. We, From a practical standpoint, we have to look at, okay, not only what is going to be best for me, but what can I actually follow? And I think, you know, of course, like I said, the first thing has to be food sensitivities because you have to remove the things that you're highly sensitive to, um, especially if you can tell they're causing problems. Or you have to, you know, greatly reduce how much you're eating them because, like I said before, I'm highly sensitive to eggs and I slip up sometimes. It happens. I do not eat gluten. I mean, I have celiac disease and that will never, I mean, I will never eat it, period. So, I mean, you've got to find out what's best for you. But why would I go through life not wanting to know that those things are issues for me? Um, So that has to be the first step. We're going to talk about the next steps when we come back because we need to take a break. So we'll be back in a minute. You're listening to Wellness 101. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Aaron is on the oxygen tank after going through all of that. Uh, (laughs) I think that's the most she's talked at one time ever. 
That was fantastic. Um, and see, that's why people love Aaron. Um, all right, so we're talking today about you know what to eat, and Aaron's correct. I mean, you've gotta you've gotta know what you should be eating specific to you. Now, for those of you out there who just are adamant that you can do this on your own, and um, that you know what to do, or if someone just tells you what to do, that you can take care of it. Um, to to you, we'll say good luck, but and then here we'll give you some rules to follow. So, some things that you want to stick to if you're going to not know exactly what you should or should not be eating is well, sh- and I would say even if you do, I mean that's true. Even if you do, no, I mean I, mean, I would this say stuff matters again. Like food sensitivity sensitivity testing is the rule are the rules, and then once you get that done and you know what the parameters are, then what do we need to focus on? True, that's exactly right. And I'll I just want to preface this with i mean we've kind of when we were prepping this show i'm like we're going to get to this last segment where i actually say okay this is what we recommend eating and it's going to be like like everyone's like really you're not i mean yeah because i feel like it's not anything new but it's not and we're i mean so i i know that a lot of you are going to hope that you know it's like hey there's this you know one company out there that makes you know macaroni and cheese that is completely healthy and it's full of vegetables and but it tastes like normal mac and cheese and just eat that or you know i mean like no we don't have any like there isn't a miracle out there there's not a shortcut to health right you've got to put in the work just like you can't expect to be a millionaire by sitting at home on your keister all day but i think i mean there's good news and bad news with this so we're going to go through you know the huge tenets you know that we need to get across that you need to focus on but i think the big point here is that it's not, you know, it's not that difficult or it's not that complicated. It is difficult. It is it difficult. Is, it's, it's not complicated. It's simple. I mean, the rules are simple. Executing them is what is difficult. Right. Yeah. Right. That's exactly right. And so, I mean, as far as meat goes, you want to make sure that you're consuming, you know, clean meats. So we want organic grass-fed beef, um, free-range chickens, or organic everywhere we can, wild-caught fish, um, all of those things are extremely important. We don't want to be eating the, the CAFO, the concentrated, um, the concentrated feed operation um, system, you know, feedlot food. Um, we want to stay away from that. Um, and it does make a difference. Yeah. And I know that it's a hard, it's a hard transition to make um, because— You can taste it. Right. I and it's it, it it makes a huge difference in the, in your health, but I know that, you know, financially it is more expensive. I mean, it just is. Have you priced a heart attack lately? I mean, but really, I mean It's, a, it's over a million dollars. But I get how people, I mean, Did I You hear that it's a million dollars to have a heart attack. Is it more expensive to spend $8 a pound on burgers rather than $6 a pound? Or is it more expensive to have a heart attack and spend a million all at once? I get that, but because twenty percent of that's not, not going to be covered. Thinking. You're going to owe two hundred grand. Your health insurance isn't going to cover all that. Medical medical reasons are the, still the number one cause of bankruptcy. And I get that, but you and I both know that that's not how most people think. I mean, well, hopefully they will now. And I mean, and I really do think that, I mean, we've said this a lot on the show, but I, you really do need to start evaluating how important is your health as far as where your money goes. Because if you're really going to focus on getting better, it is going to cost you more out of pocket right. in the short term, less out of pocket in the, the long term. So, I mean, but again, that's a whole way, you know, you have to be focused on the end goal here because, you know, on, on the long game, because this is, 
life is not a sprint, right? I mean, you've got to focus on, okay, where am I going to be after, you know, 40, 50 years or even 20 years or, you know, I mean. You can make big strides in very short periods of time if you just become dedicated. Right. And so when we say this about, you know, be careful about the meat and fish that you're eating, it, it we say it because it's important. It does actually matter. Right. The same the same is true for vegetables. Yes. Fruit and vegetables. Make sure we're we're getting organic everywhere you possibly can. That's the stuff that's it's really important to do that. Um, Especially stay away from the dirty dozen. Yeah. Um, and if you want that more information on that, you can Environmental Working Group EWG dot org. They have great information on stuff like that. It's stuff you know, dirty dozen of things with 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 very thin. Uh, peels or protective layers on them. Um, so we, you know, just you can go and find more information out that we're not here to t- go through all the dirty dozen foods. We're here to encourage you to take control of your health, learn the rules that are specific to you so that you can improve your own health from eating the right foods and, and knowing how to sit, differentiate and separate out information that may be flawed or not exactly correct versus the stuff that's really, really good information that's out there. That's just, I mean, that's the, the name of the game is, you know, make sure that you're eating as clean as you possibly can. Right. Avoid processed foods. You processed know. foods and sugars have to go. Yeah. I mean, and or decrease them as much as possible. You start decreasing them and you're going to realize, because I know we've talked about this before, when we first bring up decreasing sugar, decreasing processed foods, I mean, people think it's the end of the world. Well, I'm no longer going to be able to eat or I don't want to live that way. But actually, your cravings for them go down as you decrease them. So, I mean, if you're not able to just, you know, go cold turkey and, you know, cut it out, then start decreasing it and you'll start wanting it less. Right. I mean, just be conscious of it because, I mean, I think when people get into issues is where there is no control. And I, the reason, you know, again, why we wanted to do this show and actually talk about this is because I think a lot of people use the rationalization. You know, they tell themselves, well, it's too difficult. I'm just not going to worry well, about it. And, and also, though, on the, on, the, on the flip side of that, it, it's sometimes the control, those, that, that can be – that can be information that can be gathered from some from some blood tests. We could talk about be talking about some hormones that are completely out of balance that are driving you to want to eat more. Exactly. So these things, it's it's not just as simple as willpower. Sometimes yes. your body's chemistry is saying, "I have to have this now," and you're not going to override that. It's going to take something else that comes in and says, "Okay, this is how you how we have to deal with this imbalance." Right, and that's a really good point. So if you're thinking. I can't possibly give that up, then you really do need to come in for a consultation because we let's figure out what it is that, you know, is going on physiologically that makes you feel that way. Correct that and it's going to be a whole lot easier. Yeah, change your world. That's about all the time we've got for today's show. Um, we want to thank you for listening. Um, so if you want more information about us, you can visit our website, theinstituteofnaturalhealth.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Um, we, we're posting stuff on there all the time. Um, If you have questions, feel free to email us or give us a call, 314-293-8123. For Wellness 101 and Aaron, I'm Dr. TJ. Thanks for listening.